The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is Make It Kind. M.I.P. With Masamela Matsumo. Mark Thompson. Make It Kind. Get woke. Folks, it's been a minute. Life has been busy for us both, but we are here in the midst of the holiday season. Uh, we don't take off. We want you to hear. I may take some time off this holiday season. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I mean, not at least not right now. Not, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. <laughs> uh, probably our most popular segment here on Make It Plain every week. Uh, we are here with the founder of the largest online progressive community, DailyCoast.com, the founder of Civics with a Q, a, an, an innovative polling firm doing some things that a lot of polling firms have not been doing he's changing the game and also the host of the very popular in fact the biggest podcast in the world the brief <laughs> uh <laughs> not yet not quite yet <laughs> marcos Melitsis is here with us hey buddy how are you I'm long time seems like it's yeah been, seems like we haven't talked in ages man i don't know how long it's been but it's been i been don't been. know i know thanksgiving happened and then there was some travel happening and yeah, uh yeah. yeah there's a lot but we're here um starting off december um so let's talk about this so there has been this new conversation people are talking out loud about it all of us have been saying latinx uh and now there are these articles and these conversations about that terminology and i think i even saw a, a piece in politico uh which is not a publication that has lately been too kind to joe biden or democrats for that matter but it was talking about how Democrats are imperiling themselves by continuing to use that terminology of Latinx. So what, what, what's this all about, man? Yeah. So in case anybody doesn't know, I'm, I'm Latino. I'm Salvadoran. I immigrated to this country when, when I was nine years old. Uh, my first language is Spanish. I speak Spanish to my kids at home. Um. I visit El Salvador annually. So I'm, I'm very much a cultural uh, Latino. I know, I, I know Melissa's is my last name. It's a Greek last name, but culturally um, I'm Latino and I grew up in, in El Salvador and spent a lot of time there. And so did my Greek dad. So um, I'm very sort of plugged you, you in. There, man. The Greek and Latino, you got a lot going on, but it's cool. I like it. Go yeah. It means that we hold grudges for a long time is what it means. <laughs> so um, that's just to sort of credential myself to, to talk about it when it may not be so obvious that I'm Latino. And um, I got to say Latinx is nails on a chalkboard to me. I mean, first of all, it just sounds stupid, Latinx. It's just dumb. Now, the intent of Latinx is to degender the word because 
Spanish is a gendered language. So it's either masculine or feminine, right? So if you have one male, it's masculine. You have one female, it's feminine. If you have more than two people, then it becomes, and one of them's male, it could be one guy and 10 women, you use the masculine. So it's a, it's, there's, a, there's a legitimate gendering problem, sort of fundamental core problem with, with the language and the term Latino, Latinas. And so Latinx was a way to sort of try to degender it. But it's a very academic, and it's, I don't know how anybody looks at that and doesn't think that's clunky as all hell, like Latinx, you know, the X games that were so extreme. Um, and... You know, the, the first time I, I've sort of, I've ignored it in my own writing. I use um, Latino, Latina. I've, 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 I've stayed with a traditional usage and ignored it. And during that, during the election, I, I remember um, somebody asking Ruben Gallego. Ruben Gallego is one of the most progressive members of Congress. He's a Latino vet uh, in Arizona. We're, we're working very hard to rec recruit him to run against Kirsten Cinema in 2024. Um, somebody asked him on Twitter, why did Latinos shift towards the Republicans and Donald Trump in places like South Florida, uh, South Texas and in Miami? And his answer and, and the question was, why did the Latinx vote, you know, shift rightward? And Ruben Gallego's answer was, well, for starters, people using the term Latinx. And at the time, it was sort of a like I was with Ruben. The congressman, it, it was it, it was a feeling like this does not resonate. It's it's weird. It's clunky. It's it's overly academic. But there is no evidence that that maybe it was having a, a bad effect or not. And that's changed in the last three weeks because we've had polling by by Pew, which is you know gold standard of 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 polling, and also by a polling firm in Miami called Ben Dixon and Associates that polls in Spanish and English. They're the preeminent. Uh, polling firm, you know, if you want to poll the Latino community, like they, they, cause they do bilingual, like they, they've got the formula nailed down. And both of them found not just that most Latinos don't use Latinx. I mean, both of them found that about 3% of, of Latinos use Latinx, but both found that a majority of Latinos are actually offended by the term. Now, Latinos are very traditionalist, um, and there is no, if Republicans weren't so hateful towards immigrants, they could actually make a serious play of the Latino community based on, uh, on family values. Like the whole, like, you know, religion, uh, traditional family value. They could, they could actually make a real play for the Latino community if they weren't so hateful towards immigration and immigrants and brown people in general. Um, so this is a term that's being used. And every time, and I always said, like, for me, it's nails on a chalkboard when I hear it. When I just realized I'm, I'm in the 60% of Latinos, a strong majority in these two polls that found that it actually turns Latinos off. And I think in the Ben Dixon one, it, it was like 35% of Latinos, when they hear that term, are less likely to vote for that candidate or for that party. Um, so I get the intent. I appreciate the intent. I think there were there'd be other more elegant ways to to degender um, the term. For example, nobody says it's a Latino music or the Latino America. You know, it's Latin America, Latin music. 
Latin dance, why not just eliminate the the gendering, right? And just say uh, Latin, the Latin people. And yeah, it's clunky, you know, it's Rome. And the, like, there's always an argument, right? But it's not as clunky as, as uh, Latinx. And then there's just, there's a huge regional disparity. I know by you, Mark, in the East Coast, Latinos pre prefer Hispanic. Like if you talk to people, you're going to hear Hispanic more than Latino. In the West Coast, you hear in the sort of the Southwest, you hear Latino more often. In a lot of places, the, you know, people from Latin America, they relate more to their, their national origins. So if you go to Miami, they're not going to say they're Latino. They're going to say they're Cuban or they're Nicaraguan or they're Venezuelan. If you go to New York, they may talk about being New Yorkan or, uh, or Dominican. So this is an incredibly complex, multifaceted, uh, diverse community. And already we have 50 ways to identify ourselves. And I know it's confusing as hell. And then you have this sort of activist academia, academia term, Latinx, that kind of, and everybody's adopted it as though that's like the correct, proper, uh, safe word to use. And I think we're starting to realize it's actually not, it may be proper, it may be nicely degendered, but it's politically not working and it's in fact dangerous. More MIP after this message. So I, I guess what I want to ask though is as we look at politicians and you know, Politico's been beating up the Biden administration and Kamala Harris disproportionately. We'll get to that in a minute. But the, the, the headline, I want to get it right here. Uh, I just had it in front of me. The headline in Politico that went viral, Democrats fall flat with Latinx language. You're right um, in terms of academic, but it, but it suggests that, you know, this is something Democrats came up with for some reason to be politically correct. What I'm looking at, um, according to Google Trends and and. I will say this is Wikipedia, but it's footnoted. The term Latinx was first seen in 2000 online in 2004 and first appeared in academic literature, quote, in a Puerto Rican psychological periodical to challenge the gender binaries encoded in the Spanish language. And, and that's everything you said. But it appears that it doesn't necessarily have a political correctness origin in terms of party. More oh, so, no. yeah. I mean, but but that's what it's being made out to be. Uh, and as you said, I mean, I guess there are people, you know, uh, people within the Latino community, and now I'm self conscious because I don't know the right terminology to use. Uh, people within the Latino community who, um, who may hold Democrats accountable for it, but it, its origin is not with the Democrats or Joe Biden. What, I mean, what's the solution though? Because it is complicated. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the Democrats and Biden, they, they, they didn't invent it. But what's happened is that it's been adopted very strongly by the activist, younger Latino activist crowd, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, it's, um, it's not used in broad, in broad community, in, in broad usage or that broad usage, but it has a very sort of activist usage. So every, every activist organization, except maybe Daily Coast uses Latinx, right? And we have writers at Daily Coast that will use Latinx because we let people use whatever terms they want. We don't, we don't police, we don't have a style guide for how to refer to certain things. So I think there's sort of this, this 
I don't know this. Um, when you know you're you're like it like Mark, if you came in and you said you got to use African American, I'm gonna trust you, right? And if you then say no, and we're gonna go, we're going back to black, I'm gonna trust you. Like it's, right, 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 right. And I think you have these activists, you know, who are telling Democrats, no, you got to use Latinx now, and they're like, all right, cool, we'll we'll use whatever you tell us. And so I don't think it's a Democrat's fault. I just think it's a place where activism and a desire to do something good has outrun what's best, broadly speaking, for the movement at this day and time. And again, I, you know, one of the problems with Latinx, and I think it's in a political article, and yeah, I know political, the source sucks. Like, uh, but the, the polling was done by Ben Dixon and Associates, which is one of if the best pollster for Latin. And you don't even need to read the, the political art, you know, article. You can actually just read um, you can read the poll itself and it tells you everything you need to know. And you can talk to people like Ruben Gallego and he'll, he'll, you know, he'll be very adamant about how, how counterproductive it has been for him running in a very liberal Latino heavy district in Arizona. But, you know, even as simple as the letter X in Spanish is X. So like are people, when they're talking in Spanish, are they supposed to be the Latin X community? You know, it just, it doesn't work. There's a movement I, I just contributed to a to a um, to a to a book of essays, and they changed everything to Latin A, so Latin with an E, so Latin A, and in Spanish it'd be Latine. I, again, I think it's clunky. Not as horrible though. It's better, right? So there, there's a move towards you know, and that's a very academic academic book. The people putting it together are academics. There's a move to try to find the better non-gendered. Uh, term, um, but we have to also realize that there are what fifty million Latinos in this country, and if you're using words that turn them off when you're referring to them, um, that's problematic. I mean, it'd be, it'd be like somebody told Democrats, you know, start using Negro again, right? And how would that resonate in the Black community? I don't know. You would tell me, but it might. I think. I think you know. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a, there's a dissonance, right? There's a dissonance. Yeah. Yeah. And and maybe it was some well-meaning people. Maybe the, the the new leaders of the of the civil rights black civil rights movement decided that we're going to go back to that. But if the rest of the black community is like, eh, I don't know about that, then maybe you have to think about it. And so I I wanted to talk about this topic, and I know it's very controversial, and I know some people would vehemently disagree, or they would, you know, they they um. But there is, if you cannot sell that term to the broad Latino community to the point where you're actually turning them off, then you're actually doing more harm than good. And Mark, you know, if nothing else, I'm, I'm a pragmatic person. And I, I got to say, I never like Latinx just because it doesn't sound right. But if polling came out and said Latinos love it and, you know, 80% want to be called Latinx, I'd be like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll do what it takes. And uh, and I know it's difficult. It's difficult to talk about our community because there's so many ways to to talk about us. I didn't even talk about our our Indian names. Like a Salvadoran, the Indian name is Guanaco. So you can hear a bunch of you know people like us talking about being Guanacos. Puerto Ricans are Boricuas. Uh, Cubans are Guajiros. Uh, Guatemalans are Chapines. Like. They don't even have their niche national names. They're like the Indian names that we use, the native languages that we use to define ourselves. I mean, this is complicated stuff. 
More MIP after this message. Police officer shot and killed a black woman in her own home. Incident after incident, year after year. Say their name. A podcast that focuses on the assault and killing of unarmed black people by police and in stand your ground states. I'm the mother, father, sister, uncle, grandmother. We were best friends. We are humanizing these headlines, figuring out who these victims really were before the hashtags. Say their name. You can listen on the ACAST app or wherever you get your podcasts. See, see that that uncom see, that's where I'm at. That you read my mind. Cause cause then ultimately, and I mean I'm not like you would not presume what African-Americans would be called. I can't presume your culture. But if somebody, when you say, hey, what do you think? It, 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 we, I think you have to, we have to ask ourselves, do we want to continue to call people of Hispanic origin, so to speak? Well, is that even proper term? Because think about it, you're right. I was reading something too about the X. At one time, Chicanos used the X, X-I-C-A-N-O, and it was related to the indigenous Native American heritage. Yeah. So the question is, should we be debating um, what language one should be called in, in the colonizers or the oppressors very tongue, as, as, they, as the young lady said in uh, Black Panther, colonizer. <laughs> you know, so we're talking about a language that was that really isn't your language, so, per se. That was a language that was, you know, imposed, imposed upon us. So, I mean, maybe this year ago, but I know that's also yeah. controversial. A whole lot of folk ain't ready for that either. But, but I mean, if you strip it all bare, then I, I think it would be wholly appropriate <laughs> to, to use the indigenous languages. And I also think it's lazy not to acknowledge um. The diversity now. Now Biden got in trouble once for saying the black community is monolithic and the Latin oh, American yeah. isn't isn't. Yeah. But uh, I, I, you know, I, I I don't claim any easy victories. Sometimes, just like uh, the few days I defended him when he was talking about Satchel Page and he has a stutter and he said the great Negro and then of the Negro. I knew what he was trying to say because you know that wasn't inappropriate. Because oh, he called him a Negro, and um, but because of the complexity of a community that is precisely complex and spread out because of colonization. You know, I, I think it's lazy not to be involved in, in a struggle where people are identified for exactly who they are. So El Salvadoran, what was it? What was the name of the indigenous? Uh, Guanacos. 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 You're Guanacos. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. I don't I don't know that it's possible just to group everybody in. We say African-American and and that makes a lot of sense in terms of where we are, because we don't even know what is the greatest tragedy about our experience. Is a loss of ancestral memory. So I don't know, literally, well, I did my DNA, so I know somewhat. But yeah. most of us don't know what ethnic group in Africa. I'm talking about countries. Because mm -hmm. countries are drawn. Those are artificial drawings, too, just like yep. uh, in Central America. So may, maybe ultimately the struggle has to be. And I don't know if people had any to do it. I mean, I, I think it's just sometimes these people let's come on one term. Like we say Asian community. What, what, Asian community could get up tomorrow and say, no, no, no. We don't be called Asian. We want to be called Vietnamese and whatever it is we are. Mm -hmm. Not 
and, and they would have every right to do it. And I would support that. And maybe this is an opportunity to do something similar um, so that I would err on the side of, of the indigenous thing. And if you if you if, if if I knew yours, I know yours now, I knew everyone else I, I know. This is who this is how, you know, I think you should be referred to. I don't know if I could be critical. And you see, I don't know if you can be criticized for that, because if, if I refer to you in your indigenous name, can you be offended by that? I don't know. I think that's. No, not at all. But there's also <laughs> just from a practical standpoint, I mean, if we're talking about a certain vote and a demographic and there are mass similarities in that demographic, they come from Latin America, right. Spanish is a language like there, there are some, enough similarities. So you can't say like they're completely different. Uh, now you can look at if you're talking about Asians, you can look at somebody from South Asia, India and somebody from Vietnam. And I think there's a lot less in common um, than between a Colombian and a, and a Cuban. Right. Um, but so, I mean, you asked about Hispanic. Hispanic was a census designation. It, it, it also includes Spain and Portugal, which are two col uh, colonial powers. But you know what? If you go to the Northeast and the Southeast, people love Hispanic. They still use Hispanic. And so there was a time in my life where that used to sort of bother me. And, and the distinction that I used to use is that uh, Chicano was sort of the more politicized term compared to Mexican-American. So somebody's like, eh, yeah, I'm good with getting along, Mexican-American. And then you had like in the campuses, you, know, you had these, you know, usually younger kids, you know, with the Chicano. Eventually, Chicano became, they both became accepted. They're both used I think people are okay, mostly okay with both. And I think Hispanic and Latino are in the same vein where Hispanic was the sort of traditional government imposed uh, designator and then more militant. And I use militant very lightly, like more activist, right? Uh, people using Latino as a way to differentiate themselves and, and, and to sort of strip out the Portugal-Spain part and say, you know, we're, we're actually about Spanish language and decolonies, I can't even say the word, uh, but sorry, reject the colonial uh, European part of that. I think at this point, neither is offensive. People use Hispanic, they use Latino. It, there's regional differences in who uses what and and. I don't think anybody bats an eye the way it used to be maybe like 20 years ago when I was more uh, part of the like, don't use Hispanic. No, I don't care anymore. And I think that that I have to be careful not to be like, I don't care. So therefore, nobody cares. But <laughs> as far as I am, I'm, I'm really thinking it through, like I haven't seen anybody even write a piece arguing against the use Hispanic in a long time. And there was a there was a time in my life where that was like a real that was a thing. And it, it sort of feels like Latinx and Latinx may get there. It may get to a point where nobody cares. And some people use it because they like it. Some people don't. Um, I suspect not just because it's clunky and it's impossible to say in the Spanish. And we are a bilingual community, um, um, sort of fundamentally so. And uh, so I don't. Hispanic is actually degendered. There's no gender to Hispanic because it's an English word. You know, people go back to using that now because you have the colonial aspects. I mean, it's it's complicated, right, Mark? I mean, this is this is um, this is not easy, and I appreciate the effort to degender the language because a lot of, it, it's stupid. Th those gender rules are stupid, and they're they're patriarchal. I mean, just fundamentally, I get that. But you also can't cost us 
uh, vote and, you know, and potentially give Donald Trump the White House again. Right, right, right. To make to make a political point in language. You better have you better you better win acceptance with the people who want to, who are described that way before you're asking Joe Biden to use Latinx. That's that's sort of my point. If our community has not accepted that, don't be telling Joe Biden. Because again, Mark, you tell me the new word for the black community is X. I will use that word. I trust yeah. you. Joe yeah. Biden's trusting the people that are telling them to use Latinx and he's getting bad advice. So uh, I know in our community, people still use black and they use African-American pretty much in a, interchangeably. Uh, I, I try to say African-American more. In fact, I think I do. Um, Negro's gone, color's gone, all that, all that's gone. Um, so I get, th this is really kind of interesting because I, I think that what was fascinating to me is any uh, quest to uh, uh, further define one's identity and self-determination is always good, you know? Uh, <laughs> and so getting out of things that are offensive is good. I mean, and, and, yeah. so, and again, so I, I, I'm sensitized to it because I never was, I never was real clear on Latinx and I admit I've used it because that's what I would, everybody's yeah. supposed to be using now. In but, our world. Yeah. Everybody's using it. Yeah. Everybody's using it. So, so now I said, well, what, what is, as this debate goes on, do we, do I go back to Latino or do I do what we just talked about? I might just say, um, uh, our Spanish speaking indigenous community, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, some, which is not inaccurate, you know, now, or I think the word you were trying to say a minute ago, you were talking about, um, decolonizers or decolonialists is see what well, I, I tell you, and it's just a suggestion you have to make up your own mind, but I think a cool name would be the uh the uh conquistadores <laughs> what's the name of the community i'm speaking to the de conquistadores that's, that's revolutionary to me i love it i mean that would just blow the whole world up and you know a really safe one a really safe one is just saying the latin community yeah because yeah you, you, latin community you teach under it people know exactly they don't think it's rome <laughs> it's yeah, julius that. caesar yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. latin music right it's it's latin america um but yeah, I, I mean, I think Latino and Hispanic are both fairly safe. And in our activist world, Latino is more used until this Latinx stuff now. Um, I and, think Latinx mind, is you, mind you, I have friends, by the way, I, before I forget, because I know they're listening. I have very close friends who just show you the, the diversity uh, and, and how complicated. I have friends who refer to themselves as Afro-Latino. Oh, and it, yeah. And that breaks down. Afro-Cuban. Yeah. Uh, Close friend of mine, Afro Panamanian. I did, did a panel one day on that. Uh, Afro Afro Panamanians. That's what they were. That's what with the whole. Uh -huh. So when you start getting into all of that, yeah, isn't that a lot of places? And I'm asking you, um, with African American, was that it, it did not include people from the Caribbean, right, or people who were not American citizens who were immigrants in the country? Was it was was that because there was a move towards going back to black that I that I've sensed at least with my with my black employees. Well, you know, um, it, it, black never really left. Black, black is usually meant to include um, the larger diaspora. Okay. 
African-American usually is confined to those of us just in the United States. The American experience property. Yeah, yeah, the, the American experience. Yeah. Um, but, um, but then I've heard some take that when you say America, then they will include Central America as well. So it just, everybody. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but to be honest with you, that, I think that too also is not bad because we're all mixed up because we've been so separated and compartmentalized. Mm -hmm. If, if someone, if, if someone who you and I might consider to be Afro-Cuban wants to say that they're, they're Afro-American, African-American, I'm not going to fall out with them because they're thinking in the context of Central America. I mean, people need to feel comfortable, I think, um, with whatever their um, identity is. Uh, I know for me, when someone, when I meet someone from Central America, Caribbean, then <clears throat> that is a very unique and extraordinary and to me, sacred experience unto itself. You know, you say to me, I'm Afro-Cuban. You got my attention because there's some things you're going to be able to share with me that I'm, I don't know, you know, and, and then you, so you have the language. Then, then you get into the religion, too, um, and the faith. It's fascinating the faith that carried over from Africa um, that is now in places like Cuba and other places in the Caribbean and Central America, um, which is a mix of Catholicism and African, you know, traditional. So, yeah. you know, all of that is very fascinating. And, and hopefully this conversation overall will, will help us all um, expand our understanding and knowledge and embrace and, and go through the complexity. Because we're all worth that. We're yeah. worth going through that. We're, we're all as, as individual human beings, as cultures, are worth struggling through that. What is the reality of um, the El Salvadoran indigenous people? We, we ought to know that. You know, so there's a time when it should it probably, we're going to have to come up with a catch-all term. But just for certain conversations, other conversations, you know, who is who and what are they really all about and what is the experience here? So I, I, I think it's, I, I, I welcome it. I, I think it's a good conversation. Latin, we'll see, we'll see if that works, but you know, we'll just, because of the diversity, I, I don't know that there'll ever be a real. Concern. Yeah. Right. And getting everybody to agree. <laughs> Come on. I don't know that would be a real concern. Yeah. And there's always context too, right? If you're in an academic setting and you want to use Latinx, there's no harm to that. But if you're the president of the United States or a candidate, you know, for office using Latinx when 60% of that intended audience is cringing at the use of the word or even consider it alien. Like it's, it's, an, it's, it's an offensive bastardization of who they see themselves as. That becomes a bigger problem and challenge. And even, you know, if I'm in a big group and it's mostly uh, non-Latinos, I may, I may say that I'm Latino and that's that. And if I'm in a group of Latinos, then I'm certainly Salvadoran. Like, you know, you always, you always there's, there's a context for how you talk about your identity and what part of that identity you're happy to, to, to share uh, in a bigger crowd. I, I mean, I may not just feel interested in having to explain what a Salvadoran is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, this, is, this, is, this is interesting. Well, I, I, yeah. I've learned something today. I hope others of you uh, have as well. Um, folks respond to us. Let us know what you think. It's a little bit different discussion than we usually have. It's cool though. I, yeah, I, I like it. I do too. Yeah. I, I, and I think though, you know, those are, again, those are the kind of conversations um, that that we need to be uh, having. Uh, and, and I confess, I may have said this to you before. I know my audience has heard me say it. Um, a few years ago, when I was spending even more time on the air, and I've not stopped 
um, covering, talking to um, the indigenous community. A, a lens changed for me. And I stopped seeing many people who might refer to themselves as, as Hispanic or Latino or, 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 or anything else. I stopped seeing them in the same way. And I began to see more people from the culture as indigenous people. Mm -hmm. um, everybody didn't agree with me and was like, you know, what are you talking about? Uh, and I get that too. Uh, and I don't necessarily proselytize that or hold it about his head, but it, it, in terms of my worldview and coming from um, a decolonialist, deconquistadores, <laughs> hermeneutic in context, these indigenous people, just like we are African people, it, it, you folks who are Latin, Latin America, Latino, whatever, are that just like we are Americans because of two things, uh, uh, slavery and colonization. Uh, and the two yeah. <clears throat> overlap. The only reason I'm not El Salvadoran, the only reason this isn't directly affecting me, this conversation we're having. It wasn't because of any self-determination. It's because my ancestors got dropped off a little bit later. They didn't get off the boat first. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, my ancestors could very well gotten off where you were. And, you know, I would be, this would affect me directly. But that, and so I think as much as possible, we need to replace our lack of self-determination with self-determination in terms of what we call ourselves uh, as, as African people, as as black people, as brown people, as Latino people, Hispanic, whatever we is, we we should we we have a right to do that, and I think it's worthwhile. Mm -hmm. I think it's great. This is great. Yeah, that's what we do around here, folks. Had these great conversations with Marcos. This is a little some little something for you today, folks. Be sure to check out DailyCoast.com. The brief, uh, check it out as well. Great conversations there also, and uh, Marcos has also been. Um, uh, writing prolifically the anti-vax chronicles uh highlighting some of those things that are going on what what how are things out in california these days with omicron before we go how's the uh no, we, we got some cases here um fingers crossed but it looks like omicron may actually be a it's it's a lot more uh it's a lot more contagious it's picked up some common cold dna apparently and that's making it more contagious up to 40 times more contagious which is mm. than delta mm. but the symptoms as far as anybody can tell to this point the symptoms are actually pretty mild and actually are flu-like nobody wants to get the flu the flu's miserable i don't want to get omicron i don't want to get covid the other thing to be really careful about is i don't want people to really let their guard down is that uh we're about two weeks into omicron into really examining its effects and with Delta, it takes about four to six weeks for people to actually experience the worst symptoms in death. So we're still not at a point where we can say, all good, flu-like, no, you know, not as much to worry about. Uh, hopefully, that's what we end up with. Hopefully, it's a mild variant and, um, and the damage will be a lot less severe. But we can't really say that with conclusion just yet. The other piece is and I want people to understand this because there, there's, there's, there was this whole theory that the virus was going to mutate into less virulent versions over time. And if you look at Omicron, you may think, oh yeah, there it is. It's becoming less, less dangerous over time. That's not the case. Um, it's a genetic um, lottery. The next version may be far more 
dangerous than Delta. There's nothing inherent about the virus. The virus has one prime directive, one thing it cares about, and that's transmission. If the virus kills, if the virus only transmits after it kills somebody, then yeah, it's going to mutate into something less, less dangerous. But the thing that made COVID different than almost everything before it is that people can transmit it before they show symptoms. So the virus doesn't care if it kills you or not. It only cares that it's able to transmit to the next host. And it's doing that pretty effectively. So we may get lucky with Omicron. It may be a, a less dangerous variant, but there's nothing inherent in the way it evolves that will say oh, it'll keep becoming less and less dangerous. The next version may be just as dangerous, which is my way to saying don't go and catch Omicron thinking that it's nice and light and it's not a big deal. Get that booster shot because all the early indications are that two shots really aren't doing it. A booster shot actually dramatically improves chances to against Omicron. You boosted? Uh, I am boost. I will be boosted uh, a week from today, next Thursday. Cool, cool. I, I couldn't get an appointment sooner, so it's it's literally the first appointment I could get. Cool. California, we're we're good here. Like everybody's everybody's doing what they need to be doing. So it made it made getting a a uh, an appointment time difficult. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's happening. Dailycoach.com, civicswithaq.com, and the brief wherever you get your podcasts, Marcos. Thank you, buddy. Thank you so very much. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.